What's going on, everybody? Hope you are having a great week. So this week on the podcast, a little different one. Um, we've kind of switched the tables and I'm actually being interviewed. I did this interview for Grey Area with the journalist Alex Amaro. Um, Grey Area is a company that is run by Michael Julian, who also runs Festival Insider, books for Electric Zoo, Elro, um, and a few other events in America. Um, I sat down and had a conversation with Alex and I just really enjoyed the conversation we had. So I hit them up and was like, would you mind if I put it on the podcast? Because I think it would be an interesting listen for everyone. Um, talks a lot about my history and kind of how it all started for me and my views on, on the scene. And yeah, it was just a, a really nice conversation. Um, so without further ado, Alex Amaro interviewing myself. Enjoy. I'm, l- I'm really looking forward to coming back, to be fair. It's... It's been well a year and a few months since I played. Yeah. Um, my first show back in like generally is uh, a show in London um, in August, and it's gonna it's like with Denson me and Denson Beaker and somebody called Night Wave, I believe. Um, so that's gonna be like the first show back. I kind of hope like nobody turns up just so <laughs> just so I can learn how to DJ again. <laughs> Right. Um, but I don't think that would be the case with Denson Peaker on the lineup. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to coming back. Um, and I know we've got a few things potentially planning in earlier than that in, in America that might happen um, that you might be a bit privy to as well. But yeah, I think everything's still up in the air. Um, we still don't fully know, but I think we're just in the point where we just have to keep keep soldiering on and just hope hope that we can kind of open clubs again and get back at it yeah i'm pretty excited about it too um it's it's been a weird time and it's you know i mean in america it's a little bit odd because there's always that sense of uh i don't know whether this is going to happen or not yeah man i think i think it's everywhere but i I think the difference in america is that you have the joys of different states Yes. Um, and kind um, of states have different laws and they're like willing to do different things. And and although I think for a lot of countries, it's hard to comprehend. However, America is so big that yeah. it like California is a practically a country. Florida yes. is practically a country. Texas is practically a country. Um, I think you can fit like. 12 england's in texas and you're like well (laughs) it makes sense like i get it so i think when it's a bit different in like european countries that are a bit smaller than america especially us like we're tiny we've got a high population but we're tiny right um and you can when in such a small space you can kind of not control but you can kind of guide and lead that amount of people a little bit easier um yeah absolutely yeah like if i drive five hours north i'm pretty much at the i'm in scotland yeah and if i drive five hours down south i'm literally at the bottom so it's whereas in america if you drive five hours it just gets you fucking nowhere well yeah when i drive five hours from here i'm still in fucking california exactly (laughs) (laughs) where in cali are you? you in san fran uh, Oakland, which is you oh, know, cool. right across from yeah, San yeah. Fran. I was literally, so, I was literally just watching a um, a documentary on this pastrami house in in Oakland. It looked amazing. I can't remember what it's called, but it looks great. Wait, pastrami house in Oakland? How do I not know about this? Uh, yeah, it's like a hidden gem. Supposedly, it was literally the the hidden gem. It was called like the hidden gem in Oakland, um, and it looked un- it looked fucking great. If I'm honest. Well, well, next time you're in San Francisco, we need to hit that place up. Let's go. Let's, let's call <laughs> Justin and Adi and let's go. <laughs> yes, we're going. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm going like, I'm gonna, to I'm gonna go back into time with you for a second okay. and talk about your like musical upbringing. Mm. And I I know you started DJ. You've been DJing for like most of your life at this point. Um, yeah. But how did, how did that start? And how did your parents have like um, a hand in getting you started with your music career? Yeah, so it's it started a long time ago. 
um, I guess I my dad took me to see Faithless. Um, God knows when. We I actually don't remember when they took me, but it, before yeah. before I was went to see Faithless, I wanted to like DJ, and I didn't even know what DJing was really. Um, <laughs> but we had like a family friend called Tomo. I actually saw him the other day. Um, who like did like there's a local caravan park near me and in yeah. the summer it's this like crazy kind of just loads of holiday makers um, and every like Friday and Saturday they'd have like a disco in the like local place and they'd like play bingo it was just like proper family holiday thing that sounds fun yeah um it's not really my cup of tea. I wouldn't really, it wouldn't be my cup of tea to go to now, but at right. the time it was great. And I was like, I was literally nine years old um, when, when, when I started helping him out down there and I'd just go and just help him out. And then there'd be times when he couldn't make it. So I'd just do it when I got a little bit older. And then around the age of, I'd always been into like dance music then. Um, right. And then ar- around the age of like 10, 11, my dad took me to see Faithless uh, in Wales, which is like, it's obviously another country, but it's 30 minutes away from where we live. Right. Uh, well, maybe at 45. Um, and kind of then was, I was just like, okay, I have to do something like this. Um, and then I was in like a music shop in Bristol and there was like a poster called the DJ Academy. And my mum was like, well, you should do this. Like, <laughs> it's like a 10 week course on like, learn how to be a DJ. I didn't know what being a DJ was really. I thought being a DJ was just playing records. I didn't know <laughs> about mixing or anything like that. So every Monday night when I, from when I was 12, 12 and 13, uh, every Monday night I would go to, for 10 weeks, I'd go to Bristol and to kind of do this DJ Academy. And there was loads of us. There was like, a lo- it was all like adults doing it. I was definitely the youngest one by like my whole age. Like most people were like <laughs> 25, 30. Um, and from that, there, in, in that there was like, I can't remember how many people, let's say like 30 people. And there was like, people that could mix so they'd be in the like the upper level class people that could like dj but needed their like skills kind of like getting better and being taught a little bit more and then there was people that couldn't never turned on a pair of decks and i just was like fuck it i've never really i don't have a clue what we're doing so i went right in at the bottom um and yeah from then um out of the whole point of that DJ Academy, it wasn't just about DJing, it was about how to promote yourself and everything. And this was in the days where it was vinyl only and right. you'd like record CDs to kind of give to like promoters and you'd make your own artwork and make your own flyers and do all of that. So they kind of taught you everything like that. And then part of the course was that you'd DJ at the end of it. Um and you'd all put a night on in the club that you pra- that you learned how to DJ. Um oh, wow. And there was like a crew of us um, that would just like did that. And then, yeah, so we put the night on and I actually got kicked out of the club because I was too young. (laughs) Although like we organized it so it was fine. But the security guard was just being a wanker. And I eventually got back in. But it was cool. Like (laughs) my whole family came. I think my teacher from school came as well. And like she she brought her friends. Um, So like mum and dad have just like always been super support like all my family have been super supportive the whole way and from that night i just kind of carried on playing and yeah it kind of all i've had an amazing life in music and if i look back i've had some amazing times and some really shit times as well <laughs> but of course <laughs> but um i have had this like i've lived an amazing life in music and it's still a very long way from where i want to want it to be but it's yeah and i think with my parents like my mum's a great singer 
my dad is not a great singer, but <laughs> my dad like loves music as well. So we were just always brought up around music, um, which is kind of standard, right? Everyone, everyone major- usually is when they're young, but right. It's um, they're just extremely supportive. They never were. They never told me that I had to get a, a real job. Or they never told me that I needed to like go to university. They were like, "Do what the hell you want, and we'll support you." Um, and I think like my parents, they're they're super successful in what they do. But growing up, like they we we were poor growing up, um, right and. But my whole life, I've seen them work their ass off until they've got to a point where they're extremely successful now and have a lovely life. And I think watching them work and achieve what they wanted to achieve in life, it kind of, I learned that from them. And I learned that you actually just have to work really fucking hard to get anywhere in life. Yeah, um, absolutely. So I, I think like they, they've been a huge part of my life and they still are if you know what i mean um but yeah that is i've been i was super lucky to have to have them and still have them they're they're kind of a big part of my career and just my life outside of music as well they're they're they kind of yeah like all all of my friends are like super close with them we all like if i've got loads of friends coming over my 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 parents are there and um, sometimes my brother and sister. So it's like, it's just a big family kind of atmosphere that they, they've always kind of created from such a young age. That's really fascinating that your parents played such a large part, not just like you becoming a musician, but it also sounds like your work ethic and how you create community around yourself too. Yeah. I think, um, I think it's important to have good people around you. Um, we we all make our own mistakes and kind of have shitty people around and learn from it. And it would be wrong for me to say to say that I haven't had a lot of shitty people around me at some point in my life. We all have, um, but it's how you deal with those shitty people is is what makes you who you are. I think, and what how you deal with those shit situations and whether you learn from it or whether you kind of allow yourself to grow from it. Um, it's it's also un- understanding the the process of life and it's taken me a long time to get there and I still am learning that um yeah. but it's it's having having really strong foundations in morals and what I want to perceive myself as and how I want to hold myself in not not even in my career in in my life because i i could happily i know that it if i took myself out of music i'd still be the person who i am today if you know what i mean right it's, it's, right and yeah i have i'm not trying to fit in anywhere and i think that's kind of the thing that's that's helped me i have gone through parts of my career where i'm where i've been trying to fit in but that's when i learned i was my least happiest Right. Um, but yeah, man, I've got a great life. I'm, I'm fucking lucky. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's, uh, you say you mentioned not trying to fit in anywhere right now. Mm. And, um, well, let's kind of talk about that. And like in relation to your record label Yeah. and it seems like, it seems like you're comfortable right now mm. with, with where you're at and like where you're going. And I feel like, um, your record label kind of represents who you are and you're mm. trying to like create a more impactful message, not just with the music you're releasing, but also with like the visual aspect of, of everything that you're doing. Like the videos you guys have released, you've released with all of your, um, all of the music have, yeah. have been nothing short of incredible. Mm. Um, Thank so you. what's the message you're trying to relay there and how did that all come about? So I love film film is like one of my favorite things um and i think you can you can give a message away in music um like let's say for instance like an adele record okay ever like most people have listened to an adele record and it gives them some sort of feeling that's like 
I don't know. I can't speak for everyone, but there's Adele records that I can remember the first time I heard it. I can remember the people that I was around. I can remember like everything to do with that record. Right. And it's the same with any music, right? Um, But I think the thing with dance music is that a lot of the time it's just for the club. And the, the, the meanings behind the dance records literally just for the club and that's absolutely fine and and i think clubs have like a real important um place in our lives but i think there's actually more to the music than just clubs um and well at least when i try and write a record i'm not sometimes i am but not all the time i'm not always trying to just write a record for the clubs um i'm writing records trying to write records with a with a bit of a bigger meaning and i i think because i'm not writing songs that like have full-on lyrics um and it's not like a generic pop song structure and things like that i'm i'm trying to write songs that that have a bit of a meaning um but it's kind of sometimes hard to to get that across to people and what i'm trying to kind of get at and with the video, um, I've been working with with Matt, um, who's an amazing director. He actually lives in Oakland. Um, and I think he's actually in LA now, but I think he's from Oakland. Um, and I just wanted to find somebody that's like creative that I can be like, this is what I want to, this is, this is the message I want to get across. Right. Um, and how do we do this visually? So like with You Take Me Higher, it, the the music video was about a girl that was a drug addict. Um, like in my my family, they run drug and alcohol rehabs and I've always been around um, like addiction in my life through being, just through going to the rehabs and working at the rehabs with my parents and kind of things like that. Right. So I wanted to give like a little bit of a message about that. Um, and the you take me higher can be taken two different things. If you know what I mean, the you take me higher could be like about the euphoria or it could be that escapism by taking drugs. Right. Um, but I didn't want to just be like, oh, it's just a rave and, and a dude or a chick is just taking some pills and, and it's just a generic dance record video. Cause that's, right. that's what everything is about if you know what I mean like I don't I'm not there to promote getting high and shit like that I'm there to like actually give a bit of a message out right um absolutely and then the video for hallelujah sadly we had to take it down um which I understand why um but uh that was just kind of more of a fun video that it was based in a church in a church and it was like i'm not a super i'm not a religious person right and i wanted to like i've seen some like on tour and i've seen some weird stuff with religion um i bet (laughs) and i don't like really weird stuff and i wanted to kind of get this feeling across of like it can be this really cool thing and like bring everyone together but it can also be really fucking weird um, right. and when the record dropped, it all went a bit weird and kind of things, weird shit happened. And it, I don't know if people would have really have got the message, but that's what I was trying to get across. Um, with my church, uh, it, the collab between me, myself and MK, it was, he's from Detroit. I live in right. Detroit when I'm in America. Um, and we just wanted to, my the my church thing i class this this sounds really cliche but i class like a club as a church as a community yeah um i don't i'm not a religious person um but i'm like a true believer of like i i like what religion does to to a certain extent and it just brings people together yeah um and i think that's what clubs do in the best possible way. Like you can, you can have God knows what views and no one gets judged in a club. 
Right. Um, so true. And I think that's what's really important to me. And so with my church, we were like, okay, let's, we want to like, the record's quite a Detroit-y vibe anyway. He's from Detroit. I live in Detroit. We kind of have this root in Detroit. So let's yeah. like actually show people Detroit and make it a bit abstracty and kind of a bit weird. And that was the vibe for that. And it, it was it was actually really important for MK to have like Detroit links with that, um, which I was down with. And then the most recent video for was Run Run and... I just wanted to make people cry. (laughs) Um, I had a storyline in my head that like I wanted people to watch it and really just like be, no, sorry, run, run, wrong, wrong one. Run with the last place I belong was about wanting to make people cry. So the record I wrote with Ollie Norton, who's the, the vocalist on there. Yeah, and he he's a mate from mine locally um and we wrote it back in 2018 and i'd just come off a tour and it was like my first time back in the uk for a long time and i was like i really want to write something about being somewhere i like truly belong and 2018 was like a strange year for me because i'd like i was i just i think i'd actually just fired my managers at that time and it was I was just going through a lot of transitional phase in my career and kind of working out what I wanted to do. Right. And um yeah, we wrote this record and I was like, wow, this is amazing. And then like I know Ollie had like had some friends that had passed away and things like that, like after the record had written. Um and I was like, when it got to the video, I was like, I this video needs to be powerful. It needs to be a a very powerful video and and really give a message of like, yeah, just trying to evoke emotion in people. Um, And the video is pretty much about, I don't know if you've seen it, but it's about four friends. One of the friends is like super sick and it's, they're going on their last road trip together. And the, the friend that's super sick passes away. Um, Yeah. And it was just about, a togetherness again it's just about four friends just all having the last trip of their lifetime and just living in the moment and just enjoying their last moment together all knowing that it's going to be their last moment together right but just making making the most of it which i think a lot of us have been in in that situation without knowing it yeah um so yeah that, that's kind of i kind of went on a tangent but that's like that's i don't just want to put out dance generic dance music videos i don't see the point i kind of want to create a conceptual for each video um and just like just give a little bit more of a message and the thing is i i'm not doing it for people like i I don't release it so people get the message I want people to make their own message up from from whatever they're watching and it might mean something completely different to them to to what the actual record means to me um but if if I'm kind of pulling on the emotion cords of someone then I'm I'm I've done the right job in that's what I kind of set out to do I love that beautifully stated and it's okay that you went off in a tangent because uh <laughs> All of that was great. Um, you you mentioned that your parents run a drug and alcohol abuse center. Yeah. Um, and I kind of want to understand, does that have anything to do with why you decided not to engage in drinking or drugs and you stay healthy and you work out? Because I know that's like a pretty big part of your, part yeah. of your life. Mm, maybe subconsciously. Um, yeah. But not like I used to drink up until when I was like 21 and then was just like, I just don't enjoy it. I don't like the taste of it. I don't, I don't like the effect it has on me. I like to wake up the next day and be productive. And when I drink, it just would never be that. Um, so I think, yeah, subconsciously I'm like, fuck ever being in a situation where I have to go to rehab. Um, but also uh, like, rehab 
isn't re- it is about stopping drugs and alcohol but it's actually more so therapy about dealing with the issues that you're masking with the drugs and alcohol or whatever ever addiction you have and yeah so i'm i'm I, yeah subconscious to answer the question subconsciously yes probably mm. um but i wouldn't say it's like the only reason for sure all right um so i'm gonna switch gears and i want to talk about your personal love for candy stanton <laughs> and the fact that i mean you have you have you got the love tattooed on you somewhere, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, and you got the chance to release the track with her vocal. Mm. Um, and not only just release the track, because anybody could, re- could have released an edit, because everybody's done edits of all of her vocals. Yeah. Um, but you got to do something where you actually worked with her team and got a chance to legally release that. Yeah. Um, given your, your love for, for her vocals, what was it like to do something like that? Uh, it's super special. It's super special. It was, it was, a lot of work like behind the scenes and even when the record came out it was a lot of work to actually like get it done correctly we had a lot of people fighting against us for that record to for it to actually even come out um but i managed to like reach out to to candy and got was talking to her daughter on many occasions um via email and yeah it's just kind of mad right it's like yeah Candy Staten is an icon to me, but in like for generations, right? Like she's never going to be forgotten. That woman, like no matter no. what, that she's never going to be forgotten in any of the music. Um, yeah, so it was it's, it was just amazing, and it was nice to have their blessings. And like her daughter was like, Candy's listened to the record and she loves it, and like is super happy with it. Um, and yeah, do what you want with it really. Um, but yeah, it's, I don't know. It's kind of, kind of surreal. I'd love to meet her. I'd really love to meet her. Um, and I, I'm, I put it on my list to do. Um, but yeah, she's, she's a legend. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's kind of crazy that you, you've achieved all of these things and you say that you're not not totally where you want to be, but you've achieved some really great things in your career. But at one mm. point you actually quit music for a while and thought about just opening a club. How did you hear about um, this? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll tell you like, like a hundred percent. I read almost every interview that I can find on, oh, on really? the people that I talk to. And then I, I troll their social media. Wow. Um, so I'm looking back. I, cause, cause I want to, I wanted to get the story and you can't get the story unless you ask the crazy questions, this is, right? This, this is true journey. When I, when I do a podcast or anything, I literally do no research. <laughs> <laughs> I literally like turn on the mic and be like, so what are we talking about? So fair play to you. I respect that. Thank you. I appreciate that. So, I mean, what brought you, what brought you, why did you decide that you wanted to quit and what brought you back? So it was when I signed Big Booty to Worthy's label, um anabatic um he released oh she released it as he's now a she um yeah but she released it uh uh and it did pretty well it was like it was doing all right and it it was kind of the first record that i had any real kind of support and success and like Jamie Jones was playing. Jamie Jones broke the record really, and Seth Troxler eats everything. MK were all playing it, and I was like, "Oh my god, Jamie Jones is playing my record." That means right? that, that means that I need to sign a record to Hot Creations, and he was asking for a record for me and an EP, and that's when I w- went down the rabbit hole of trying to sound like everybody else on Hot Creations, mm. and was like, "What am I doing?" Like I was just the most unhappy person because I was just comparing myself to everyone. Um, and I wasn't that good at writing music then. I really wasn't. But <laughs> like what I was good at was just doing what felt good at the time. Right. And it probably usually came out like shit. But I just wasn't I wasn't ready to be to like try and be a good or be a good producer i had a lot more time in me to like actually be good 
um, and like really homing my craft. So yeah, I was like, I'm tapping out and quitting. And during that time I was quitting, I was going to be, I was planning on opening a club in Bristol. Um, I'm so glad I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Just imagine what, what like now having opened a club. Oh, dude. Well, this was, when was this? 2000 and this was like 2013, maybe. Yeah. So I don't think it would be even open now. I probably would have closed it down. <laughs> like we would have done good, strong eight years. Like eight years for a club is long enough. That's actually really long for a club. Yeah, exactly. If you can go, if you can go past that, then you're I, more power to you. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm yeah, I'm so so glad of it. But I needed I needed something to to like take my mind out of music. Although I know clubs still music based, but I needed it a project to like take me out of the situation that I was in in my headspace and be like let's concentrate on something else and then my manager at the time was like yo dude you need to get back to writing music we've just signed a record that's affected or something like that and yeah I was just back on it then <laughs> I it's it's interesting to hear about like these ups and downs in everybody's journeys um because nobody ever thinks about that when they see you on stage no. or when they like or when they listen to your records or any of that. Everybody's just like, oh, this guy was always good or this mm -hmm. guy's making hot, hot tracks. So um, it's just fascinating to me to just like hear these things and like hear about these stories. Oh, I, um, I think I think that's the thing, isn't it? Because it's like if if we sat down and went through your life, if you know what I mean, and what you've had in your careers, not just careers in your life, like what ups yeah. and downs like. It's, you actually need the downs to have the ups. Like if your oh life God, was, yes. if your life was just constantly up, it would be fucking depressing. I think it'd be yeah. worse than if it was always down because there's nowhere ever up. No, I mean that's that's like a good DJ set too. I mean, <laughs> you need you need the you need the bottoms, you need the hills and valleys. Everybody needs like you need to bring it down sometimes so mm. you can really appreciate the up part. Totally, because. Because otherwise, it's yeah, like you said, it not only depressing, but God, fucking boring. Yeah, and no, I totally agree. And like when it's full on all the time, you're just like, just in life, if if yeah. everything's like every day, like, oh my god, you've done this, oh my god, you've done this. I but I I don't think, I don't think I can allow myself to be that excited all the time. Anyway, I'm not an excitable person. I don't really get excited for things. I feel that I'm like more of a like, yeah, that'd be cool. And then it's, it's amazing when it happens or when I'm in it, but I don't really look ahead and be like, Oh, I can't wait to do that. Like when you asked like about going back to shows, it's going to be fucking great, but I'm not like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. I can't wait to go back to shows just because until I'm there, anything could happen. And I think it's just about trying to enjoy right now and 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 when it happens enjoy it then. That's that's a great way to live your life though. Like living in the now is I feel like something a lot of people forget. To I, do. I forget all the time. I forget yeah. every day I forget. Every day. Um but I still try and remind myself every day as well. <laughs> Do you think that's why you've you've been able to stay so busy over the last year while a lot of other people struggle to be inspired cuz you've you've I you know I know there's been up and ups and downs for you mm. over the last year but I feel like you've you, I know I listen to your podcast like almost religiously so I Thank know you. that you've you've stayed really busy like yeah. and you've 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 kept your work ethic how how did you find it so easy to write When I got home back to the UK. I hadn't written in this studio for three months. So I've got a studio. I'm lucky enough to have a studio in, in my house in Detroit and in the, in my place in the UK, I have like a studio. This is, this was like my, the OG studio that I kind of right. have always written in. Um, and I hadn't written here for ages. I'd just come off like an amazing tour, like my best tour I've ever had in America. And I was lucky to get that tour. I'd only had one show canceled because of COVID. So right. I actually completed the tour, which was like 20, 
23, 24 dates, I think. Um, and I'd been playing open to close the whole tour and it just like gave me a whole new lease of life in the studio when I'd been done. Um, and I came back home and just wrote and just wrote, 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 wrote. And I'd actually had, I think November last year, I had all my releases for this year already planned. Um, and Ryan, my manager and I, we were just like, okay, so let's write off the touring year of 2021. Cause we know it's probably not going to happen. And if it does great, but if it doesn't, then it is what it is. Um, but what we need to do is, is release as much music as we can. Right. So 2020, we kind of held back on a couple of releases cause we just didn't have a fucking clue. Right. And then going into 2021, we were like, we just need to release a track every single month. And on all we have is now on my label, we did one, we decided to do one every eight weeks. And then in between, it allows me to release on other labels if I want or remixes or collabs or anything like that. Right. Um, so I, the, the only month this year that I don't have a release is, is July. And then every other month, some months I've actually got two releases. And I just... I guess going back to the the like how did I keep focused I just just kept going yeah um and like you have shit days but I just I treat it like a job and I just come in the studio and write and this year I haven't written that much at all I've actually been writing for other people in other people's studios and kind of working on different genres of music and doing that for other people and actually taking a step back from Will Clark records because I've got this year planned out already. Right. Um, I still have, I actually have records planned for next year already, which is wild. Um, so yeah, I just, I wanted to hold back off the Will Clark stuff and be like, I need to find what, where I want to take things. I need to work out what I want to do for next year or for 2022 and, and see if I do do shows this year, like, what works and what doesn't work because a lot of the the records for the rest of the year now have never been played in a club that's crazy so i I don't know if they're but not that's a lie like all the records that i'm releasing for on all we have is now none of those have been played in a club one record that's coming out on factory 93 has been played in a club um place i belong that just been released had been played in a club for a while um but everything else hasn't so i was just like i i don't want to just go in the studio just to write records because it doesn't i can do that but i don't need to right now right and i'm not touring so i'm not trying to write records for the clubs so if i want to write a record i want to write something that's like really makes me feel good about myself not just a, a fucking techno record like we can all put a kick and a bass line together um, no doubt. <laughs> exactly. So it's like I'm probably do, June. I'm like probably gonna take the whole month to just like sit down and be like, okay, well, get back to writing for yourself and to get in it. And but the what I do is I just build a routine around it, and I wake up every morning, go to the gym, go into the studio, and just write for five hours six hours seven hours come out cook for the family sleep and just do that over and over again and 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 when i get into the the schedule of just writing i will then just write and just keep writing and i'll have a shit ton of records um but i i haven't had this long off writing music for myself in years (laughs) mate my whole life my whole my whole writing career i've never had this long off like I probably haven't really written music for my, I've done edits and I've done like a few mixes and stuff like that, mix downs and gone to like done stuff with my mastering engineer and stuff like that. But I've not sat down and had this long off for, yeah, my whole career. So it's, it's a bit weird, but I've re the studio hadn't been changed in like nine years. So my dad built me this synth stand here that you can see which is amazing yeah it's unreal really cool it's unreal he's like he's good he's good at diy and stuff like that um his dad was like a carpenter 
and cabinet maker. So he kind of learned, learned the tools. Um, but yeah, I, so I've set the studio up like differently so I can kind of come in and like have a different workflow. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm kind of set in June to be the, the, the month to get back on it. That's, that's awesome. That's, that's really great. Mm. And I know over the last year, you've probably had some time to do some of the things like that are outside of music or maybe tangentially related to music, Yeah, like your podcasts and cooking. So I kind of want to talk about both of those things. Cause I know, for example, like with your podcast, um, you were already interviewing people for the barbershop, yeah. but, but what, what made you decide to flip that idea and just sit down and shoot the shit with people mm, so in november 2019 i was like i have to stop the barber shop i'd been doing it for four years i think it was four years that's a long time um and i was just like i don't even like doing mixes like right. mixes just don't do it for me um when somebody asked me to do a mix i'm like oh for fuck's sake do i have to um <laughs> and like my manager's like if he says yes to doing a mix, he, he like comes at me quivering and is like, well, I'm sorry, but we've got to do a mix. Um, which is cool. Like it's, I get it, but I was just with the barbershop. I was like, I can't fucking do this anymore. Like I just can't. And yeah. I just like, I like having good conversations with people and the podcast, I'd actually bought the equipment before COVID. Um, but I hadn't kind of, I was trying to think of like a concept of how I wanted to do the podcast and what I wanted it to be based on and everything. Like that. And then I was like, fuck it. I just want to talk to anyone that I like. It doesn't right. have to be music. It's, it's going to be more music. It's obviously more music based because that's the industry that I'm in. Um, I'd, but you've talked to other people. Yeah. I've, <laughs> I've talked to other people and, and I love talking to other people. I love learning from other people. But I, it's still tough. Like, the podcast is still young. Like, the people that I want to get on, they're way too big. Like, right. they, they, they're way too big. And it's not even big guys in the industry. I'm not actually that fussed about getting big guys in the music industry. But I want to get, like, big chefs on. I want to get, like, amazing artists on. I want to get, like, rappers on, singers on. Like, I want to do... I want to I make it a really nice thing where people can learn. Um but selfishly it's so I can learn really. <laughs> uh, but I think I think we we nowadays we miss the the full the full reason that is nowadays we don't have long conversations and right. it's like more conversations it, yeah you just don't have long conversations unless no, it's like with you and your mate that, that we no it's even that we n very, very, very rarely we have a two-hour conversation with no phones going off, no one looking at their phones, no one checking their emails, no one looking at Instagram, no one signing up to OnlyFans. Like, it, you just don't get it. Yeah. And that's what I wanted to create. I wanted to create a, a, a something where I can sit down with people that I come across, that I respect, and can really just have a conversation yeah and as djs we tour about tour around a lot and, and i'm sure it's the same for you like being part of the music industry like every every conversation or not every but most conversations you have in the music industry and the business is like there's an, there's an end. It, there's a there's it, a reason yeah, for it. There's a reason to have a conversation, right? It's like, yeah. oh, can you do this? Can you get this compilation sorted? Can you do this interview? Can you do that? And yeah. it's it's not like, how's it going, mate? What's going on? Yeah. Um, and it's like, why not? We're all fucking normal people. We all shit at the same hole. Yeah. Like, there's nothing. Why why aren't we having these conversations? Like. I sat down with Oliver Heldens and Renia Zonafeld the other day and I like, it was a really good conversation and it got pretty deep at the end with Oliver talking about his mental health and kind of his like bipolar disorder and everything like that. Like I would never have like spoken to him about that in 
real life unless if that was just meeting at a club right. on tour. We would, we would just, it just wouldn't have ever got there. Right. Maybe if we were in the studio, but if we were in the studio, it wouldn't have been a deep conversation and it wouldn't have just been us talking about that. Right. Um, and I think it's really important. People need to talk more. We, we live in this world where we are very, like even our music listening, how we watch things, like we want everything now. And if it doesn't get our attention within the first 20 seconds, then we fucking turn off. Yeah. Um, and I think now like long conversations is actually what we need because I think long conversation can be the way that we all grow um as human beings absolutely um you know relating this to myself but i think a lot of the reason why i love to interview artists or love to interview people is because i want to talk to people Mm. and um that's kind of why i format things the way that i do i kind of try to make it breezy and yeah i'm asking questions but also i'm just fascinated by the things people have to say totally man totally it's it's important it's it's really important to to have people conversating it's it's just something that i feel like we conversate with people differently because of text messages and yeah. because of social media and a lot of things can be taken the wrong like how many times have you text a a girlfriend a boyfriend something and they take it completely the wrong way and it just it was not how you meant it but if you yeah. actually said that as a conversation in in person, it would have been like completely different. Yeah. You you can't relate tone in in 10 words. No, it it doesn't work. And, and I think with like Twitter and I've, I've pretty much come off Twitter. Um, not, not like deleted it, but I, I literally very rarely tweet because I purely because like I go on there and it's just people, fucking shouting at each other and i'm just <laughs> like so right like i don't i could unfollow everyone and there would still be people shouting at each other and i'm yeah. like you you guys if you were in a room you're a bunch of fucking pussies you wouldn't say a word to each other like <laughs> it's so true like i i genuinely had like some somebody i don't want to name names but somebody on there was like literally talking so much shit to a to someone and i knew both of them and i was like mate just chill out like be nice and then yeah. this person started trying to like literally try to th- like threaten me he was like next time i see you i'm gonna like smash your face in i was like all right no you're no you're not i was like <laughs> you're not <laughs> but i was like if you want to try you could try but i'm like okay mate just chill out and then he came to my show and didn't even fucking like have the heart to say anything to me. And then I'm like, this, this is the issue is yeah. that people are just so caught up in their own egos because they're trying to tell everyone how everyone else, trying to tell everyone that they should be having the same views and the same opinions as themselves. And we, we're, we're kind of going at, or we are going out of this, thing where people aren't allowed their own opinions yeah. and people aren't and and you have to abide by what everyone else is saying and if you're if if you have a different opinion on something then you can be cancelled and i'm just i'm just not for that i'd rather sit down and have a long conversation and everyone be respectful for each other and kind of you get your point across and i get my point across and we all have a great time and have a laugh and take the piss out of each other and, and have proper conversation. I think it's so important. So important. Oh, absolutely. I actually, maybe like a year and a half ago, I went to go see a friend and his neighbor came over, seemed like a nice guy, but he happened to be a Trump supporter and under different circumstances, I never would have spoken to this person, but we ended up sitting around a campfire and talking for like three or four hours. And it was amazing because mm. you know there were lots of things that i agreed with this person on yeah. and lots of things that i didn't but in the end like i still like the guy like i, I think he was a, he was a great person and i was yeah. like you know and i think that idea of like 
us actually getting back to talking to each other is just so important because yeah, we 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 don't talk anymore. Yeah, I think I think the the whole political thing is is very very strange, um, and it doesn't make sense to me that because I think what I and I can do it as well for myself. Um, yeah, but I. I think I, I don't want to speak for everyone, but I kind of have to because this I, this is how I feel. But I feel right. like most people tarnish. Let's say let's just use the Trump for example because it's just an yeah, easy yeah. thing. But everyone tarnishes all Trump supporters as bad people, and all Trump supporters tarnish the Biden supporters as bad people. Yeah. If we actually had a conversation, we all probably agree on most of the same things. Yeah. Um, and we're allowed to support other people. We're allowed yeah. to do what we want. It's just it's just a small minority that are louder than the majority. Yep. Um, and the the minority is all we see. We see the extremes of both sides because they're extreme. Because yeah, the, because they're, they're the loudest, the loudest ones. ones. And mm realistically it's the ones that acquire are the most powerful ones and i think i think the sad thing is is that i it's very hard to talk about your views online if you don't if you're not in the like woke crew right and yeah. sometimes it's just easier to just, and it's wrong to say this, but sometimes it's just easier to shut the fuck up because I've got a lot more, we've got a lot more things to worry about than getting, I've like, I've got right fucking records. I've yeah. got to worry about my career. Like yeah. I've got to worry about my life. I've got, to, there's bigger things to worry about than trying to get my point across on online. And, yeah. and I, I, and people don't need my opinion people really don't need my opinion my opinion is for me and yeah. and by keeping my opinion to myself i can just give what i i, I can pick and choose what i want to give people um and i know that sounds a bit like oh he he's like planning stuff it's no it's i i want to add value to people's lives and by sharing my opinion on social media you, you, i'm not going to add value to your life like, i'm not going to give you something that you didn't think you needed that you do now like right. how do i what like what can i do like i can make music i can give you art i can do things that make people feel good about themselves and and that's what's important to me really not who do i support yeah. politically or am i protesting or what's my views on certain things like absolutely yeah is i and i i got i get it a few times of like people like especially it was really interesting around the like the the uh the election in america like i had one friend like have a massive go at me going like you should be telling people to vote and i'm like i'm not fucking american like <laughs> i can't even vote myself right. so why why the why would i tell everyone else to vote like politically like i know where i stand but i i have fans that support everyone right and i, I want i don't want anything in my career to alienate my fans because i want them to be able to come to a show and completely escape all of that right i'm not a political person i'm not somebody that's trying to push my views onto people i just want people to have fun and respect each other 100 percent. yeah i feel that um i am gonna ask right but, but i have one more question for you um this has been a lot of fun by the way no, it's been cool man yeah um so I have to ask your opinion on something. Um, what excites you about the the future of dance music? <laughs> it's really weird because I don't think there is a future right now. I think I think it's going to be 
the future is to open clubs up in the near yeah. future. Um, I'm really interested to see how music changes on the streaming platforms and when clubs are back open because there's been a huge drop in streams yeah. um, with the clubs, excuse me, um, with the clubs closing down. Um, there's been a, I think it's like a 20% rise in normal streams, but dance music's just been dicked over. Um, no shit. Yeah, it's awful. Yeah. Um, so I think that's going to make a big difference. And I'm really interested to see what... I really want to see these platforms, Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon, um, YouTube Music, all, all these streaming platforms to like really... I'd, I really want to see what they're going to be doing for dance music because um, I don't think it's been nailed yet. I, I don't think they've done the genres justice. No, um, that's true. So I, I'm, I, I'd really actually like to work with some of them and like, or one of them or whoever and be like, okay, this is how you support the culture. Like you have to build the culture in your platform to, to create something is this isn't about playing the biggest hits this is about creating a proper like subculture within your platform which could be interesting um i'm really interested in artists creating income outside of what streaming and, and doing shows yeah i think um i think covid has kind of been a huge part of that um of sh showing a lot of artists that you you have to make an income you don't have to but it's pretty wise to make an income outside of your generic touring yeah um and street relying on streaming unless you're like a massive artist to rely on sh your streaming income is pretty uh not business yeah. not busy yeah, yeah. <laughs> busy business savvy no. um so it's what like there's subscription places like subscription websites and like patreon even like only fans i know only fans has like a bad bad rep for it but yeah but that's there it's for it's for everybody yeah really. um i'm working with a few people on on a few things as well i'm i'm all about i, I think what what the issue is at the moment you have companies that create amazing things or amazing concepts, but then don't do it that well or that, or then charge super high rates. Yeah. And you're just like, guys, you're, you're just, you're, you're seeing the problem and you're actually not making the problem better. You're actually giving somebody, you're giving somebody a solution, but, charging them extremely high amounts for something that really shouldn't be that much money right and then you're like it's it's like being in the major record label game it's it's like it's not that incentivized to to actually allow an artist or a creative person not just music anything like to to make content so i i want to i want to I'm working on a few things outside of music, but it's like, I want to be able to give creative people a platforms that they can earn money and they can contact their followers, fans, whatever you want to call them, um, and build a proper community without all the bullshit of ads and algorithms and shit like that. Um, yeah. And present it in a really nice way. So it looks good. Um, so I, I think that could be the future. There could be parts of that where you're going to find it's classic in the, like the comedy world at this moment in time. Like right. there's, there's comedians that almost like the podcast world, there's comedians and people that make insane money from through podcasts, YouTube, things like that. Yeah. Um, but I think there's even a more like insular thing to bring it closer and like have, Let's say, for instance, you had a hundred fans and they'd all pay you 20 quid a month, $20 a month. And you, you're giving something extra, if you know what I mean. You're but in that community, 
you're really growing a real community. And I think that's right. what at heart I'd love to be able to help people create is a real connection from the artist and to the, to the followers because you don't a lot of you don't get that on social media. Like you post something and two, three, four percent of your followers see it. Yeah. And you're like, what's, what's the point? What's the point? What's yeah, the fucking point? Exactly. It like I'd rather have like my food Instagram sometimes does better than my like percentage rate does better right. than my music um Instagram purely because there's less followers on my food Instagram. So more of them are seeing so more of them are seeing so it. Bizarre, <laughs> and it's like this. This doesn't make sense to me. Like if if I I understand what they're trying to do with Instagram, they're trying to make ads, they're trying to make money. But right, my thing would be the more people that see someone's shit, the more chances they have to to get the thing done that they're trying to do. Exactly, and also it means that more people are going to be on the platform. And then that means that you have more space for ads. Yeah. It's just like, absolutely. it's a fucking no brainer. <laughs> but that's the thing is I want to be able to create something where the fans can go, the, the artists can go, yo, here we go. This is what, I, and everyone sees it. Yeah. Um, and everyone, so that's, that's kind of what I, what I think the future is, is actually building community, smaller communities yeah that are more like actual fans that doesn't rely on algorithms to kind of keep people keep people away <laughs> um i love it and and also allow allow artists to earn a, a reasonable month wage and and earn a nice living from doing their job cuz uh, right. record labels aren't the way forward i don't think anymore no i don't think so either i think and everybody deserves to eat totally and and the record label i know i have a record label but the reason why i haven't signed people is because i don't feel like i can give them what i want to give them yet as a record label owner um right. i can't take them on tour i can't guarantee that their records are going to do sh really well um and I think most record labels can't do that anymore. And all they're doing is just, just signing catalog to then make the record label worth more in the long term to then sell on. Again, it's business. I get it. Yeah. But I'm, they're not coming at it from the artist's point of view. They're coming at it as the business side of view where I kind of want to be able to go, here's the business. And I have to make money. But also I want you to make as much money as me if not more, because you deserve right. more because you're the artist. I'm just helping you get, get there. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a process. And I know that was a long winded answer for the future of how, of, of dance music. Um, I, again, I'd like to see promoters booking interesting acts that aren't just the same acts on festivals and building real cultures. Yeah. Um, and that kind of pisses on my fire because I get booked a lot to play in America, especially, but there's certain scenes that I agree, even in America, some of the festivals are very same and you're just like, come on guys. Oh like it's, there's, there's no, there, there's no ingenuity happening. No. Um, and, but I think like it's in the UK, it's even worse and promoters and I, this is really kind of controversial and it's going to piss people off, but s like my agents in the US, they're fucking great and they work their ass off and they will, they literally are there to work and they're there to build you as an artist. Yeah. And there's a lot of agents in other parts of the world that don't, that aren't there. They just want somebody that has a hit record and they're not willing to build an artist. And there's promoters that won't book artists that haven't had hit records or that don't have a bit of buzz, but they, they're not listening to the music. They're not looking at building the culture right. and, and building what 
what it's about, if you know what I mean. And yeah, it's all just like money, 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 which is great. We all need to earn money. We all need to make money, but there's no longevity in it. There's no right. longevity in. I I get the fest. I get festivals because it costs so much to put them on, and they have a but like a four hundred cap venue. Like you can, if you built a culture around your venue and your night, you don't have to have a headliner. You don't have to pay for 10, 15, 20 grand for a deep, for, for a headliner. If yeah. you build a great culture around your club and your night and your promoters, you could sell that out every fucking night. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think that's something Elrose did really well. I mean, yeah. cause even if you took away their, their massive lineups, People would still go, but because they were already <laughs> exactly. But why? Why? What are they doing differently? They are they're being something different. They're not yeah. just opening a club door. And no, it's experience. Yeah, exactly. There's, there's an experience, and we like I, I've said this so many times on my podcast about we love Sundays in space in Ibiza. That it used to be used to be like the party on Sundays, and they they're the best promoters best promoters ever because they would have headliners but they would have new fresh hot acts coming through and they would grow them until they were headliners and america's actually pretty good at it america does do that um but there's i still think there's room for for, for improvement yeah agreed yeah totally agree well that's all i have for you thank Sick, you man. Thank you so much for for uh, taking the time out to talk to me today. That Any was time, man. Thank you. Yeah, for that me. was great fun. And now that you bring up conversations, um, I may be calling you. <laughs> yeah, just to yeah, just to shoot call, the shit, man. Call me whenever, man. Call me whenever. I'm I'm always I'm always here. I appreciate that. But again, thank you so much. Um, it was great talking to you today, and I'll be in touch. See you. Uh, uh, when will I see you? Um, when are you going to be in, where, where are you going to be in the U S I'm playing San Francisco. We've just booked a day in August. Are you playing at the Midway? No, we're playing, I, we're playing a party outside. Yeah. An outdoor party. Yeah. The, the Midway's doing outdoor parties now. It's all, it's all outdoors. Yeah. It's not at the Midway. It's, some, it's something, oh, it's somewhere something, else. something different. All right. Um, well, you let me, you let me know what that is and I'll, and I'll be there yeah. and we can make sure to uh, get that, hit up that pastrami place too mate, while you're here. It looked great. We need to go there. <laughs> I'm, I'm all about it, bro. Cool, man. Keep safe. Um, you too. Look after yourself. Let me know if you need anything. Take care, mate. All right. Bye. Thank you so much. Bye, dude. Bye.